I respect your goals and what you want to achieve. It's so much more than, than just respect. You have to look at the person as a whole person. Take time to listen. Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. As always, I am so thrilled to have you here with me today. Today is a very, very special day on the podcast. You guys know I've had guests before, and of course, I'm so honored to have all of them on, but today's guest is extra special. Today, I don't even have a guest. I have my mom. I am so, so thrilled to have my mom on this podcast. Time and time again, I've had clients, friends, People who follow me on Instagram, anyone, everyone, ask me about parental relationships. I think it's really obvious that my mom and I have an incredibly, incredibly strong bond, and people always ask me for advice, and I thought, you know what, what better way to share our advice than to have my mom on the podcast? So, Jeanette LaRue, why don't you introduce yourself to the people? I'd be glad to. Thank you, Lauren LaRue. (laughs) So, I am Jeanette LaRue, and I'm the proud mom of Lauren LaRue. I am also the mom of Joshua LaRue. I am a managing advisor for an insurance firm located in Tampa, Florida, and I live in Fort Myers, Florida. I've been in the Southwest for about 34 years, and I was born and raised in um, Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee. Yay! That's mama. So much more to her. But as you guys know, I've talked about my mom so many times on this podcast and just my parents in general and my relationship with them. and. My mom and I talked about having her on the podcast when she was up here for Mother's Day, but we totally forgot. So here we are. (laughs) And I'm just so excited to have her on because like I said, I've had so many people ask me about how I have such a strong relationship with both of my parents and it's such an open and honest relationship with all three of us. And I want to give you guys a little bit of background to that relationship before I dive into a lot of questions with my mom and just kind of Uh, a general background we think we can give you guys on how to maintain a positive, healthy parental child relationship. But I'm assuming, you know, as most of you know, unless you're very fresh to this podcast, uh, my brother passed away when I was a freshman in college. And it's been six years now since we lost Josh. And if you can, you know, take a wild guess as to why we're so close, that would be it. You know, I was very close with my parents before my brother passed away, like very, very close. But my losing my brother, that created an unbreakable bond between the three of us. And it's meant so much for us to know that he is the reason we are so, so close and value the love and honesty that we all three share together because he has brought us such an incredible gift and what, you know, we don't really like to have, but is, is the situation that has been given to us, which is him no longer with us. So that is a huge chunk or piece or reason as to why I'm so close with both of my parents. But my mom and I share a a bond like no other. My mom, I tell everyone she is my absolute best friend. There is not a single thing in the world that has happened to me that I haven't shared with my mom. And whether it's good, bad, beautiful, ugly, my mom has 
undoubtedly had my back through every moment in my life. And I don't even have the words of gratitude to express to her my thanks and love and just every I I truly believe I owe so much of who I am to my mom and she shaped, you know, the strong independent woman that I am, someone who is very capable of personal thought and personal development and yeah, I mean that's that's my mom. That's our relationship. So, I'm so happy to have her on today and I did a Q&A poll on my Instagram and I asked you guys what you would want, you know, to see change in your relationships. And I'll say that the general audience on this podcast is, you know, between like 18 and maybe 30, but this is for anyone and everyone. Your relationship with your parents will always be developing and always changing and you know, I think we're here just trying to show up today as this is the point of view we have on our mutual relationship. And these are the reasons why it works. So mom, I'll dive into question number one. What do you, and I, just to give you guys a frame of reference, I think we're just going to kind of go back and forth as a, this is my point of view. This is my mom's point of view. So you guys can get both functionalities of the relationship to kind of cater to your own relationship, you know, take away what you can for your relationship with your parents. So mom, what do you believe is the basis for our very healthy, very open relationship? Well, I think like for any relationship, the one word that always stands out is respect, but respect is a very broad term. It can mean a lot of things, right? It means I respect you for who you are in a, in a broad perspective, but I also respect your choices. I respect your opinions. I respect your goals and what you want to achieve. It's so much more than, than just respect. You have to look at the person as a whole person, take time to listen, which would be my second point. Listen to things that they have to say and don't interrupt. Understand their point of view on certain things, worldly or not. Have adult conversations when your children are adults and listen to what they have to say. Because one of the things I can't impress upon people enough is I learn just as much from Lauren as she learns from me. It's a two-way street and a two-way conversation. And she has taught me so much. And I truly believe she has wisdom beyond her years. And she is who she is, not because of me, but because of her with a little bit of influence from Mama LaRue. <laughs> but I think the other thing is, is the, the relationship has to be reciprocal, right? I, I respect you because you respect me. I listen to you because you listen to me. You impart your wisdom on me. I impart my wisdom on you. And we're both very open and honest. I don't tell you all necessarily what you want to hear. And you might not like what I have to say and vice versa. But we have a conversation about it as opposed to having mm -hmm. a fight about it or mm -hmm. an ugly disagreement where we don't talk, right? Our, our relationship and our bond is just incredibly strong. And, and I think our relationship has always been strong. But, you know, as you mentioned earlier with Josh's passing, your dad, I, and you have just become incredibly close. Um, it didn't take Josh's passing for us to realize how much family means, but it certainly mm -hmm. is a very big reminder. I feel like another reason we get along so well is mama knows best, <laughs> but, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but our children always have to learn 
So we can impart solid advice and give you advice, but sometimes we just need to let you learn on your own because I know many times that's how I learned. I didn't believe my parents mm -hmm. always knew everything, you know, and it's funny how later in life you just gain so much more wisdom, but sometimes you got to let your kids mm -hmm. find that stuff out for themselves. I think, you know, as mom's talking, I'm, I'm thinking about my own answer to this and I was ruminating with these questions earlier and the points that you just hit, I weren't even really something I was thinking about because I was shifting this, this conversation so much from my perspective. And I definitely agree on all of the points you mentioned, especially with the, the listening aspect. I think something that I have noticed as a definite like repetitive pattern in a lot of my clients' conversations with parents is that they seem hurt or the relationship isn't strong because they believe their parents aren't listening to like the actual words that are coming out of my mouth. Like, this is the reason I'm hurt. Why aren't you hearing me? You know what I mean? And then sometimes even if someone, even if a parent is hearing you, they're not taking action to like change whatever the situation is. And that's kind of leans into what I was going to say to this answer or what I was going to say to this question being that in the last two years, getting into this practice, living intentionally, practicing my spirituality and manifesting and everything under the sun. When I got into EFT, something that, uh, something that is pretty much drilled into your head as you begin to heal your mindset. And, you know, so many of you already know what I'm probably going to say is that Parents or whoever raises you are the biggest influences in your entire life. You adopt your fundamental belief system based on what they teach you and how they behave and what they believe. And if you grow up to not even just resent those things, but change those beliefs or something goes wrong in your life and you think this is because I've learned this as a child, we begin to blame our parents for a lot of our downfalls, right? So something that I've learned a lot in EFT is that people are always doing the best that they can. That is a really hard pill to swallow and it's sometimes almost impossible to believe. How can you believe like, you know, a parent that potentially neglected you or, was an addict or whatever, how, how could you possibly believe that they were doing the best they can? But this is what's called generational trauma or generational experiences. So your parents were taught by their parents who were taught by their parents. And this is expressed through generations, right? So in the ways that I've gotten angry, it's, I mean, I can say this now as an adult, I definitely didn't behave like this when I was like 17, but now, when I'm ever upset with my mom, I'm always trying to remind myself she's doing the best she can with what she has, with the knowledge and wisdom that she has. I can't force the lessons I've learned onto her the same way your parents' beliefs shouldn't be forced onto you. I think a really healthy relationship with parents, and this is definitely the way my parents raised my brother and I, is that yes, they instilled their beliefs in us, but they never once smothered us with those beliefs or forced us down those roads. They always encouraged us to follow our own paths and create our own belief systems and create our own values. And I think that that's what's given me a lot of freedom in my relationship with my parents is that, you know, years ago, I was, when I was a kid, I was raised in a Christian and religious household. And now, you know, my spiritual beliefs are very fundamental and foundational upon believing that the universe is like my, you know, God that I pray to and et cetera. And 
it's given us this really open two-way street to share my knowledge with my mom and the the ways I've learned about spirituality and her reciprocate that to me being that, yeah, maybe this is true. Maybe I'll d- adopt this into my belief systems. And it's been such a great avenue for both of us to expand our minds, being that the conversation is always so open. And like my mom said, we're both listening to one another. And I will definitely say I'm a lot more stubborn than my mom. But <laughs> nonetheless, our relationship is thriving. <laughs> right? Correct. Mom? You are you are more stubborn than me. <laughs> yes, you're. Yes. Well, you know, you got to win some and lose some, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but that you know, all of all of our faults can be our blessings as well, right? So there's always a good side and and sometimes a not so good side to some of the things that we do. Um, our strengths and our weaknesses can be the same. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know, to the point of what I was saying that our parents, I, for me, I truly believe any healthy parental relationship should be built upon. Let me pass on this wisdom to you, but I'm never going to force anything down on you. Like I'll raise you the best I can. And then you're going to go out into the world and learn what you can learn. And that's going to change who you are. And as long as it's, you know, someone we're both proud of, then, you know, it is what it is. And I think that when you have, just like my mom was talking about, respect and an open mind to listening to these conversations, I think a parental relationship can go so far beyond this is my parent, but you're mutually imparting wisdom on each other and learning and helping each other expand. And I think that, you know, my mom can definitely attest to that in the last two years, all of the knowledge that I have learned on intentional living and grief and spirituality, I continuously share with my parents and it's, I can see that it's definitely opened their minds. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree a hundred percent. And, um, I just also want to make the comment that, you know, once a parent, always a parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell her she's always momming. <laughs> so <laughs> I wrote in my notes today um, in, in preparation for this, because you had you had given me some questions. I wrote in quotation marks, no helicopter momming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Mom is always momming. Mom should always mom. Dad should always dad. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's a point where we need to spread our wings. <laughs> I know, but it's really hard not to. And someday you'll understand. <laughs> Yes, I will. It's so funny. My mom was here. And as you guys know, I lived here for four and a half years when I was in college, of course, on my own. And my mom comes up for Mother's Day. I'm now almost 25. And we're crossing the streets of Manhattan. She's like, watch where you're going. And I'm like, mom, trust me, I know where I'm going. I lived here. I know how to cross the Manhattan street. But yes, parents should always be parenting. Just yes, you're correct. Never helicopter. Yes, yes. Parenting, but not helicoptering. <laughs> And, you know, our children should be open to that. Um, it can be, uh, there's no mm. doubt it can be annoying, right? But yeah. um, it's all with the best of intentions and out of love. Um, it's never malicious or, or you know, to be a pain or, you know, pick a poker in the relationship. So we, we are, we've got the best of intentions when we're doing it. Yeah. And that goes so much to to prove what I said about, you know, our parents are always doing the best they can. And something that I really struggled with um, I've been very open with you guys about pretty much my entire life. And as you guys know, my parents um, divorced when I was in college and or I'm sorry, when I was in high school. And a big reason for that was, you know, 
mutual and shared finances. And that gave me a really big, like heavy burden and weight around the thought of money. And my mom has, I can't even begin to express to you guys how much this woman has supported me emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially over the last several years of my life going through college and beginning my own business and getting up here and everything. And sometimes I, this is getting really, really candid with you guys. Sometimes I can really face the financial burdens of just, you know, living life and paying bills and et cetera and think, you know, sometimes it is my parents' fault. Like if they hadn't gotten divorced and if this hadn't happened, you know, maybe I would have a different mindset around money. And it, it goes a lot to my mom was very apprehensive about money after they got, after they separated. And it was just like, you know, really tight purse strings. And it, it was, it made things complicated. And it gave me a lot of beliefs about money that I have had now to unlearn. But my point to all of this is saying that that was never either of my parents' faults, the beliefs that I adopted from that money from or from that separation and from my money mindset. My parents were both doing the best they could with what they had. They taught me the best they could. And anything my mom has ever said about money or ever said about just trying to protect me that I took in the wrong direction, I've always had to remind myself, okay, she's just doing the best she can. She wants to protect me. And that's as simple as it gets. Like, I'll give you a really great example that I use a lot. <laughs> when I first launched the coaching suite, I got my very first, <laughs> yeah, she's laughing. <laughs> she knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is my mom to a T. This is when I was working with Haley too. So I launched the coaching suite and I got my first discovery call and I was like almost crying. I was so happy and I was just so excited. And of course I called my mom immediately. I was at home and she was on the road on the way to an appointment and I call her ecstatic. Like I said, almost in tears. <laughs> I can't even say this without laughing. The first words that come out of this woman's mouth are, don't forget, it takes a hundred no's to get a yes. And I was like, are you fucking shitting me right now? Are you serious? This is what you have to say to well, me? Wait a minute. I'm I like, need to come to my defense here a little bit. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> so I'm in sales. Uh -huh. And I have built a very successful book of business and clientele. But trust me, it takes a lot of no's to get to a yes. And when you get a yes, it takes a lot of work to keep that yes, you know, to maintain that. Well, 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 so well, it was coming from my This is not the message we spread. No. And see, this is, this is so perfect because this is where I'm trying to teach my mom better right. is that that just because that's been your experience in the past doesn't mean that that always has to be true. If you change your mindset, Jeanette, yes, that doesn't have to be true. It doesn't have to take a hundred no's to get a yes. You could get a yes every single time if you wanted to. Just got to change that mindset. Jeanette. I am working on that case in point from this example. <laughs> Exactly. So anyways, oh my gosh, every time we talk about that now, it's just funny yeah, because again, that's, that's a really perfect example of just a very cumulative like conversation that we have on this podcast about the effects of EFT and the effects of, you know, compassion and forgiveness, understanding that my mom, like she said, my mom didn't say that maliciously to hurt me and say, oh, well, you're just going to fail. You know, my mom thought she was protecting me and I had to take it with a grain of salt and I did my EFT and I now know, you know, for myself that that's certainly not true. And Jeanette is learning as well. That's right. But you're right. I was protecting you in case you did, you know, have your first discovery call and it didn't go anywhere. I didn't want you to be like brokenhearted and so disappointed 
So mm-hmm. it was, it was just my backwards way, I guess you could say. Of, yes. Very of, backwards. Protecting you. <laughs> yes. Which I of course appreciate, you know, and this speaks to a, a lot of different really, I mean, you can have like a billion different relationships with your parents and I do understand and have so much compassion for the people that are showing up to this podcast today who don't share this relationship with their parents and think, well, no, but I do think my parents do say these things out of intent to hurt me or because they don't believe in me or they don't think I'm worthy of these things. And I just want to say to those people listening, whether you have the absolute best possible relationship with your parents or the absolute worst, or you don't have a relationship at all, or things just are messy or not good. You always have exactly what you need within you. You do not technically need anyone beyond yourself out of your infant years. You are all that you will ever need. And if you can shift your mindset to believe that and know that the the love and compassion and support that you desire from your parents is within you as well, you have such a more empowering mindset to live the life that you desire. And of course, it's optimal and desirable to have that more positive relationship with your parents. But if that is not feasible, I just want you to know that everything you will ever need is always within you. And like I always say to you guys, you are the cake. Everything else is the cherry on top. Friends, relationships, teachers, professors, whomever, you know, colleagues, whatever, everyone is showing up as the cherry. You are the cake. So anyways, moving on. Jeanette, next question. What do you believe are good boundaries between a parent and we'll, we'll go with like a grown child. So, you know, my age. Sure. Sure. Well, there are definite boundaries. There are certain things that parents don't share with their children. Right. Um, for example, when I was growing up, gosh, my parents would have never talked about money in front of me. You know, you and I have a real Mm -hmm. open relationship about money. Um, because mm-hmm. it's a, it's just a different world now. And plus, I, I want to help you understand money and how to save. And no, there's no better way to do that than to show you how I'm doing that. Times have certainly changed. So we're, we're very open to talk about stuff. But there are some things that are, are still private. And you kind of have mm-hmm. to know, you know, when not to ask or when, when to back down um, or to know when something's very personal and the person just isn't ready to share it with you. You can't Mm -hmm. push them or, you know, say, well, you can tell me, I won't judge you. Or, and if they say no, then, then you, then it's no, you should just let it go so that when they are ready to tell you, if, if they are ever ready to tell you, they will. So that, that's part of the boundary. Um, and I think back to respect, it's just being able to say, well, Lauren, I don't, I'm not ready to talk to you about that or Lauren, that's something personal and private that you're, you know, I want to keep to myself Mm -hmm. and you would respect that and vice versa. I would respect the same thing for you. So I think, I I just think boundaries go, you know, back to, back to respect and knowing, knowing when to not ask about things that maybe aren't your business or the person isn't ready to share. Yeah, absolutely. I think, Definitely. Similarly, something that I've realized as the you know child end of this conversation is something that's come up over the recent weeks that's made me realize that I do perhaps lean on my mom just a bit too much is, you know, I have my good days and bad days after moving here and it's 
most certainly almost all good days, but I do have my really tough days where I'm just super overwhelmed. And it's not that I ever question ever have I questioned since moving here. Like, did I make the wrong decision? Did I do this too soon? Like, you know, things like that, things that I would say maybe dramatic, but there have been points where I've just been like, I suppose it's more of the patience aspect of how much longer do I have to wait before, you know, this manifestation comes in. And I will say that that those moments do really freak me out. And it just really pushes me to lean more on my faith in the universe and et cetera. But in those moments, I'm so inclined to call my mom and just cry and just like have my little freak out moment. But I also know who my mom is. And I also know that she, you know, hasn't developed as much as I have in this in this spiritual journey. And I know that my mom is also a very practical thinker. So sometimes I I, I try to remind myself like maybe I maybe I need to find, just as I was saying before, maybe I need to find within me the support that I'm looking for right now rather than burdening my mom. And I'll say, of course, I know I'm never a burden, but rather than trying to put this on her, because I also know that again, like I said, my mom is very practical and rational and she might say, well, do you think you made a mistake or just kind of go to that dramatics that I'm trying to avoid? So sometimes I think a boundary that I'm really trying to learn is not leaning on my mom so much. Also, because I know and my mom and I, and actually, in fact, my dad and I have also had this conversation. When it comes to my spiritual journey, it is the entire reason why I've healed so much of my grief and my regret and my guilt around my brother's death. And I also do know that my parents aren't at that point and they perhaps might never be. And I found that sometimes I have pushed too hard to try and get them through that grief because I know what it's like on the other side. But at the same point to reach, you know, for that boundary conversation, I'll say our griefs, despite losing the same person, were very, very different. I lost a brother. My parents lost a child. And so trying to push them to heal that, of course, you know, I I want them to be the happiest versions of themselves that can possibly exist. But I know it's also not my place, even though just as the same as a parent looks out for a child, even though I, I want the best for my parents and I want them to you know, like I said, just be as happy as they possibly can. It's not my place as a child to push my parents into that healing process. So those are two really big boundaries that I've kind of recently discovered um, over the last, I would say, two years. And specifically the the first one I mentioned over the last couple months since I've moved. And I think, you know, definitely agreeing with my mom. I Boundaries are, again, this is such a subjective conversation because – Every every person showing up to this has a different relationship with their parents and has a different idea of like what parental boundaries are. But I think my, I, I think my mom and I can both agree that whatever feels right in the relationship that you have with your parents for boundaries, I think just making sure you acknowledge that on both ends and try and stick to it. Well said. Very well said, Lauren. And I think, you know, not to make light of uh, the conversation, but one of the things that comes to mind, you know, for me with boundaries is sometimes when we're together, it's like, okay, who's the mom here? Is it me or is it you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do also like to mom my mom. You do. You mom up and I mom down. (laughs) Yep. 
Um, but you know, for, from a serious perspective, everyone's, you know, grief journey is, is certainly their own journey and everyone's grief journey will be different because everyone's relationship with the person who has passed on is very, very different. You know, as a mother, the bond with your children is uh, not even describable, right? It's just, it's beyond description. Um, and when individuals have their first child, they, they realize what truly unconditional love, you know, is all about and how deep that love can go. And that's why our grief is so painful. It's because we loved this individual so deeply that our grief will be very deep. I feel like I'm, I've made progress in my grief journey over the last six years, but I also feel like, you know, I have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I respect your thoughts and your um, input, but I also appreciate the opportunity to do it as my own journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that I, I didn't give you this question because I didn't want you to prepare anything. I didn't want you to have to think about preparing something. But, you know, I've so openly talked about grief on this podcast. I've so openly spoken about Josh and pieces of him and parts of his story that I felt I, you know, it was proper for me to share. But I think it would definitely be a good idea for you to talk about perhaps your relationship with Josh just because it was so, so different than the one I had. Um, And if you guys haven't listened to those podcasts about my brother and about grief, I'll just share a quick little background. Joshua was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when he was very young, and that is what made our relationship, I will certainly say so much, so many other factors is what made our relationship very very strained. And that's why I say so often that it feels like I didn't even have a relationship with my brother growing up because we were completely different people. And of course, that means, you know, my parents had very different parenting practices with the both of us. But mom, I guess what I'm asking is, how did you parent us differently? And how did you feel our relationships differed, but in positive ways? Well, that's a really tough question. And, and, if, you, and um, if you don't want to dive into that, that's certainly okay. Yeah. You both had um, incredibly different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joshua having mental health issues required me to learn a lot about mental health, get involved mm-hmm. in the mental health associations, be involved in NAMI, the National Association of Mental Illness, um, create support groups. Um, go to support groups, try to understand more about bipolar disorder, try to understand all the medications, try and understand about suicide. And then on the other hand, I had this beaming, young, beautiful daughter who was straight A student in school, had all kinds of friends, wanted to do extracurricular sports. I mean, the two of you couldn't have been at more opposite spectrums, right? Yeah, really. And it made it very difficult uh, to balance the family. I did a lot of the work when it came to, to Joshua and understanding him. Um, he ended up going to a special needs school all the way to ninth grade till we were finally able to uh, put him in a public school and he struggled. He did, he did well, but he struggled, but um, mm-hmm. we were very, very proud when he graduated. But Unlike you, who couldn't wait to walk across the stage, throw your cap in the air, celebrate with your friends, 
All Josh wanted to do was take a picture in his cap and gown with his principal in the hallway. And that was that. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to walk. He didn't want to celebrate. None of that. So, you know, I've got two kids at very different ends of the spectrum and just trying to balance all of that and balance the family was incredibly difficult. Yeah, I think that really resonates going back to the conversation that I was talking about with the way EFT and like these mindset practices have shown up because I think it requires on both ends from a parent and a child, no matter how amazing your relationship is. And I feel I can speak a little bit for Josh on this as well, because I know who he was when he passed away that I think to grow a healthy relationship, it is undoubtedly going to require a lot of acceptance and a lot of forgiveness. And if you cannot accept someone for who they are and you cannot forgive someone for the actions they have taken, and this goes for really any relationship you'll ever have in your life, then I don't think you can ever have a truly positive, authentic relationship with someone. And speaking of parents in this sense, you know, our parents, like I said, our parents are always doing the best that they can. And, you know, accepting that statement as your mindset is practicing a lot of forgiveness. And I think that Josh, if he was here, would also agree with that. And I think mom, you can definitely agree because I know that you know, when we were kids, Josh was the, or um, I should say his mental illness and the way, you know, he, he was kind of programmed was the cause for a lot of strain in our family. And we don't forgive him just because he died. We, we forgave him years and years ago. And I think, you know, we can also definitely resonate with the statement that he was just doing the best he could with what he had. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, um, I don't know if I if I necessarily had to forgive him. I just accepted who he was, mm-hmm. tried to learn more about it um, because I had unconditional love for him. Mm-hmm. He's my son. You know, he still is my son. And, and I loved him dearly and I wanted nothing but the best for him or what, and not what I thought was the best, but what he mm-hmm. thought was the best. And, mm-hmm. you know, at um, 20, 21, he was coming into his own and becoming a fine young man, very responsible. He had a checkbook. He was balancing his, his bank account. He had a full-time job. Um, he was aspiring to maybe be a chef one day. He was very successful. Um, he had a lot of friends. He really enjoyed riding his motorcycle. He enjoyed the on, you know, the on-to community and made some really great friends through that community and felt like mm-hmm. he belonged. And so I couldn't have been happier for him. Mm -hmm. And um, Josh was, you know, not not a very emotional young man. Mm -hmm. Um, He really didn't cry a lot. But I can say that I knew I did something right and that he truly, truly loved me because he would always say I love you when he was running out the door or I'd say I love you and he'd say it back. But one day I was doing the laundry and he just came out of his room, came up to me, gave me a huge hug. And I said, what is that for? And he goes, just to say thank you for everything you've done for me. And that really meant a lot to me. And that happened shortly before he died. And I will always remember that. It was a gift. It was an absolute gift from, from my son. Yeah. And I think that's something that my parents and I have learned. This is definitely turning into like a a parent slash grief podcast, but 
you know, this is, this is so much of a part of our relationship and just our lives. And I think that a lot of people don't realize how, I don't want to say consuming anymore, but how much a part of this big of a loss will always be a part of every single day of the rest of your life. You know, so I think that that definitely also speaks to what I talk about with forgiveness. When I was going through my grief journey, I held, I, I don't, I don't even know, like oil and water trying to mix. My grief was all of this water and all of the guilt I felt and the the regret and just the sadness, the overwhelming sadness I felt for him. And then the oil was all of this anger that I still harbored for my brother, the way our childhood panned out and, you know, the way we treated each other and just how much we absolutely freaking hated each other and the way he spoke to me and would treat me. And I just harbored so much anger for him while I harbored all of my grief. And I had no idea how to deal with that at 18. And I, I felt like I couldn't lean on my parents because they were going through all of their own grief. And I was a thousand miles away in New York City in the middle of college and blah, blah, blah. So when I started, specifically when I started with Valerie, you guys know Valerie was just on the podcast not too long ago. When I started EFT with Valerie, those were really the two big things we focused on was my mutual anger that I still held for my brother and all of the grief and the guilt. And that was that you guys, that was only a year ago that I worked with Valerie. Not even. No, that was in like uh maybe October, November. So that was that was eight months ago that I was still dealing with this. And it's been now it's been six years since Josh is gone. So Something that develops in our relationships all the time is this constant state of acceptance and forgiveness so that you can grow. And this is very much prevalent in the relationship that my mom and I share and my dad and I share and even the, the relationship they share mutually. Right, mom? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that um, we never know what tomorrow will bring and life as we know it can change on a dime. But I think part of having a good relationship, you know, between us is, is knowing that things can change. For example, you know, one day you're living with me and we're having a great time. We're doing so much together. And the next thing you know, I'm moving you to Jersey City, New Jersey to pursue your dreams. While I love that and I'm so excited for you, I want the most success possible for you. I also am devastated that you're no mm -hmm. longer here, but I, it doesn't make me angry. It's just a new thing for me to adjust to. And, mm -hmm. you know, poor timing on the part of my father passing the week before or the mm -hmm. week after we moved you to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, just having a really open relationship from the perspective that, hey, you know, everything is status quo, but may not be you know, the next day. So we learned how mm -hmm. to continue to communicate, continue to be close. We talk every day. Um, I came up and saw you over Mother's Day. You'll be down here for my 60th birthday. We're going to go on a cruise together for our 25th and 60th yeah. birthdays. So anyway, I just, you know, I just wanted to say that just be nimble, right? You, you have to be yeah. nimble at work. You have to be nimble in everything you do, including your relationships, mm -hmm. because things can change and you really can't hold other people's pursuits against them or what they want against them. And you certainly can't threat, you know, threaten the relationship just because their life changes. You've, you've mm -hmm. got to be open to change and you've got to be happy for people when they're pursuing their dreams. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll reiterate this again in this podcast. We we both are fully aware that all of the people showing up to this podcast and listening have all different kinds of relationships with their parents. And, you know, there's some that are really healthy and some that are, you know, just average, I guess, relationships, and then some that are really unhealthy. And I just want to say that whatever your relationship is with your parents, you're always going to harbor some sort of I got this from my parents, you know, it's it's their fault. They taught me this. And I don't I, I think that so much of a positive parent-child relationship comes with the aspects of just like my mom introduced respect and listening, but also practicing on both sides of this relationship a lot of acceptance and a lot of forgiveness and just a lot of acknowledgement of you know, I think we have such a hard time separating ourselves from our parents and our, you know, our parents separating them from us being that once we grow up, we're grown ups. like it's time for us to take the reins. And just like my mom said, you know, unfortunately, it is up to us to guide our own lives and make our own mistakes. So I think just having that open space for clear communication and acceptance, you know, like I said at the very beginning, I know that no matter what I ever did in my life, you know, my, I could go to my mom and, and she would still accept me and love me because she's my mom and same for me, you know? So anyways, kind of speaking to that notion, the next question I had for you was what do you think or how do we what do you think is a positive way or how have we positively dealt with kind of bumps or strains in our relationship? Talking it out, you know. Straightforward answer. <laughs> yep. We, you know, we might turn our back for a few minutes on each other or be angry, go our separate ways, but we always come back and talk it out because we know we need to. And that's who we are. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's in our DNA, you know, with you. And I think if we can all talk it out and act like an adult, you have to have some sort of mindset. Because if you have the mindset, everyone's out to get me, mm-hmm. and one of your siblings goes over to your parents' house one day, I'm just going to make up an example, and the mother says, oh, I would love for you to have this ring, and then your sibling hates you for it, mm-hmm. it, it your sibling has to own that, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes if you don't agree with the other person, you have to look inside yourself too and say, okay, do I need to own these feelings? Mm-hmm. Or do I need to talk this through with this person because I don't own these feelings and we need to talk it out? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a lesson that we've talked about so many times on this podcast is just the the kind of victim versus victor mindset. Nothing is ever happening to you. Everything is always happening for you. And believe me, you know, I don't even know if my mom believes that statement, but I certainly do. And that has allowed me, again, I'll say a lot of empowerment and a lot of empowering emotions around, you know, perhaps the reasons if I wanted to come up with reasons why Joshua is no longer with us. So, you know, I if you come from a place of I'm the victim of everything, and that definitely goes for family. If, my, you know, your family's always doing this to you or your parents are always doing this to you, that again is like goes back to kind of the reversal of what I said earlier, that all of the power is outside of you. And despite whatever relationship with you have you have with your parents if you believe that you will always provide yourself all of what you need your parents are just the cherry on top if it's a positive relationship and if it's not a positive relationship then however they treat you however they 
speak towards you or act towards you. None of that's on you. That's all your parents. And that's all, like my mom said, everything that they own. And they're clearly doing the best they can with what they have, which is likely how their parents were raised and their parents were raised and so on and so forth. So anyways. Yeah. And I would just add to that, you know, unfortunately with the dynamics of the human being, there are situations where siblings simply cannot get along. They don't speak for years or parents and children don't get along and they don't speak for years or they write each other off because a child made a decision a parent just a parent just absolutely couldn't agree with and can't get past their choice then is to write their child off and never speak to them again that is you know so true and so unfortunate and difficult for someone like myself who mm-hmm. uh, never could be in those shoes in a hundred years to understand but again um, we, we just have to understand that the human mind and, and human nature is just incredibly different and dynamics and families are incredibly different. Mm-hmm. So we have to, when we have the relationships we have, we have to just feel really blessed that they, that they are yeah. ours. Yeah. And I think a good place to end this podcast, I, you know, I, I was expecting a lot of grief to come up in this, but this was definitely a parent grief podcast. Um, But, you know, that's the message that my mom and I definitely have to share with you guys. And I think that we can mutually agree that if you have any inkling inside of you that you believe your relationship with your parents or siblings can be better, no matter how bad you perhaps think it may be right now, if you think you can sit down and have a conversation that describes open communication and listening and forgiveness – and you can better your relationship with your parents. I think that that's definitely all that we would hope for anyone because we understand what it's like to not even have that opportunity. There are a a billion things I wish I could say to my brother and I wish I could have those conversations. And I certainly know that that goes for my parents as well. Uh, Definitely my dad, you know, he, his, his grief is very different from ours and if we could have those conversations, you know, that would be an enormous blessing, but we can't. So if you have the opportunity to, and you believe it could turn into an open and, and safe space for clear communication, then I, I would venture to say my mom and I both very much encourage you to do so because it's so important to have a positive relationship with your parents. I would agree a hundred percent. You know, you need your parents throughout your life. You need your children throughout your life. And your life is, you know, just an infinitesimal amount of time. Um, you, you really should embrace um, the time that you have on this earth uh, to be with those that you love and to get along with everyone that becomes a part of your life. You know, they always say a person enters your life for um, a season or reason, a season or a lifetime. And I, I truly believe that, um, without a doubt, that family is is for a lifetime. Yeah. All right, my friends. Well, we are deep into this podcast. I really hope that you guys have enjoyed this. I, again, like I said, my mom is my best friend. I love this woman more than words can describe. And uh, we have such a special bond and such a special relationship. And I certainly would not be able to have this platform, honestly, just have anything in my life without my mom. My mom has supported me through every decision I have ever made in my life, through every action I have ever taken, and most importantly, with every dream I've ever had, no matter how crazy it was. So 
Mom, I love you. Thank you for coming on. I love you too. And the reason you have 110% of my support, Lauren, is because I believe in you. Oh my God, she's going to make me cry. I believe in you and, you know, the sky's the limit. I think we wrote in one of your books a long, long time ago, you know, about the sky being the limit and to reach for the stars. And that's exactly what you're doing. Thanks, Mom. Well, I sincerely hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed having my mom on. As always, I am so incredibly grateful for all of you who show up each week and just listen what I have to say. And, you know, your messages of support, continued support of saying, you know, this is exactly what I needed to hear or thank you so much. I just can't even begin to express to you how much those messages mean, because if I can impact just one person in my life, that is all I will ever need. And the fact that I'm impacting dozens, hundreds, thousands, eventually millions, that means the world to me. So I love you all so dearly, and I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.